At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in to My Guys in the Desert. Happy Friday. We have a full house here. Danielle Avari in the VSIN studio at the South Point Sportsbook with Matt Eumanns, JVT, and Aaron Renning. JVT, of course, Jonathan Von Tobel. Uh, coming up in just a few short minutes, we're going to get to talk about college football with Chris Andrews from the South Point, who will also be joining us. But first, we have one last play in game going on tonight. It's the Grizzlies and the Warriors. The Warriors opened as three and a half point favorites, all the way up to five now. Total sitting around 220. Even 221 and a half. That game, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern. Warriors, of course, lost that nail biter to the to the Lakers on Wednesday, but covered as six-point road dogs. While the Grizzlies held on to beat the Spurs 196, but did not cover as four and a half point home favorites. Winner of this game clinches a postseason berth as the eight seed in the Western Conference and earns a first round matchup with the one seed Utah Jazz. JVT, you are a senior NBA analyst. Let's come to you first. Which side do you like here? Uh, so I would agree. I, I am not involved. I missed out on the number at the beginning, but I would agree with the sentiment that the market is putting out there that the Warriors are the side. You know, Steph Curry, they played three games up to this point, right? The regular season finale, two. They split a two-game set uh, early in March. Curry was on the floor for one of those games, and that was a regular season finale that they took care of uh, last Sunday. That's a really big difference here in the Warriors very good defensive team, so three and a half was in on, didn't get it, so I'll wait in game like I've been doing the last couple of games to get involved from a side perspective. Can I ask you, if you were going to live bet a game like this, what would you be looking for to happen, and where would you want to get in? Well, I, said, I think the Warriors are the side, so I would hope that the Grizzlies get off to a solid start. Not as solid as they did against San Antonio, but a relatively mm-hmm. good start to get a cheap price in on Golden State. And Aaron, I know that you like to bet the totals on these NBA games. Any read on this one? It's 221-ish right now. Um, Not really. Um, As far as um, the total, I did make this number a little bit higher. It's hard to... 
I, I think we're all trying to figure out these play-in games. They've kind of been mm-hmm. bet, like Game 7s in the NBA. They've been bet towards the under. Any game this week not involving the Indiana Pacers have gone under the Yesterday total. Yesterday was close. Yeah, this has gone under the total. As far as going back to the side quickly in this one, I think you have to be careful laying a handful of points here with uh, the Warriors. I think mm-hmm. this is it's a tricky spot for them. I mean, they're all out to win. I mean, a huge difference to me between the seventh seed, the eighth seed, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, they're not dumb. I mean, uh, great path to winning some playoff games. Not so much now if you have to go play Utah. So I'd say this is a, a tricky spot to lay five points. Um, if you're going to in-game bet, I would be more looking to see if Golden State gets off to a slow start. Mm-hmm. Probably will eventually win this game. So we are going to talk about player props at the top of the next hour, but I have to ask about this Steph Curry point prop. It's at 38 and a half. It was 36 and a half for the game versus the Lakers. He went over. He hit 37 thanks to some free throws. Do you think 38 and a half is too high here, JVT? I mean, well, yes, with him from a value perspective, like it's always going to be a little too high. I Mm -hmm. will say, you know, when you look at Memphis and statistically, you know, what their weaknesses are this year, it's been perimeter defense. You know, we saw in that regular season finale, the inability to contain some good perimeter players like a Steph Curry. But again, when you're talking about playing these point total props, these are always going to be shaded a little bit higher than they really should be. So you're getting no value in betting any of those over the total. But hell, man, you know, I was on under 48 points, rebounds and assists for Curry in that play in game. His final stat line was 47. So he's always going to push these things. Man. And I guess one thing to remember with that as well, we saw the Lakers kind of put the blueprint, trap uh, Curry super aggressively to try to get the ball out of his hands. Obviously, it's always a copycat league. I'm not sure if the Grizzlies are capable of that, but uh, I would think they'd do something to that extent here tonight. Now, you mentioned trying to handicap these playoff games can be a little bit squirrely. Now, obviously, the Warriors lost to the Lakers in a really close game on Wednesday. How much of that is going to be an impact on this game? Are they going to be gassed from that game because it was so close? I think it is concerning. I think you have to to uh, take it into account. Curry, two games so far. Well, you go back to the Sunday game against uh, Memphis mm-hmm. uh, and the Laker game, 81 minutes. Regular season, he's not going to be playing 81 minutes. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it has a, little, uh, a bit of an effect here. JVT, what do you think about that kind of handicapping? Oh, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, like, look, what Curry, I, realistically, what Curry's been doing since, like, I would say early, like, late March has been kind of unsustainable, but he keeps doing it. So at some point, you would think that he kind of gasses out, and especially, like, what ER said, you know, when you're getting blitzed off of screens and you're getting double teamed and you're consistently having to find open guys and work through space, like, that wears you down. And Memphis is, on the interior at least, a really solid team defensively, and that's going to wear you down too. Yeah, Matt, I have to ask you real quick about the PGA. Mm -hmm. Phil Mickelson is leading the pack at five under. Did you see that coming? No, nobody did. (laughs) And in fact, there was a well-known odds maker laughing at people betting on Phil Mickelson at 225 to one a couple nights ago before the tournament. All right, more on that, more on the NBA playoffs and NHL coming up. (laughs) Stick with us right here on My Guys in the Desert. All right, welcome to my guys in the desert from the South Point Sportsbook on a Friday afternoon. And it's a a special Friday because Chris Andrews is in studio. And I have two co-hosts today, (laughs) two of the sharpest NBA minds in the world, Jonathan Von Tobel and Aaron Renning. And Chris Andrews, the big story today is you put up the college football games of the year here at the South Point Sportsbook. And uh, you had a... uh, I think a lineup of sharp betters firing away at your numbers today. So, Chris, 
the South Point Sportsbook director joins us now. How many games you put up? About 100? I think it was 102. Okay. Yeah. So, and, uh, well, naturally, we didn't get action on all of them, but uh, I got quite a few moves that I marked down here, and we had a lot of other bets, you know, for like, you know, 100 bucks, 200 bucks, a nickel, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, we're taking two dimes, and uh, I think the guest that's on after me is uh, going to tell you how he rattled the board <laughs> a little bit. So uh, I was going to say, Paul Stone is going to join us to uh, kick off hour number two. Paul's already told me he's got about 20 bets in today. Sounds so. about right. Yeah. How much, uh, do you know how much in handle you've taken on these over a hundred thousand or around that number today? I don't think it would be a hundred. Okay. It'd be less than that, but we took in pretty good. Work. I, thought Paul I, I don't might, have the number. I thought Paul might bet 50 by himself. Uh, you'd have to ask yeah. him. Okay. I'm not going to, he would have been, full, I mean, 40 to, you know, two times, <laughs> two times 20. I'm not letting the cat out of the bag. You know, <laughs> okay. he can tell you himself. All right, so uh, how long have you been working on college football? I know it's a passion of yours. You've probably been doing work off and on for months. But uh, to get up these numbers and who helped you, because you have to have a sounding board, right? you got to have oh, one yeah. or two other guys. Yeah. You bounce the numbers off of before you put I, them up. I had three other guys, including Vinny, friend of the show, obviously. And, uh, you know, he was one of them. Um, but I've probably been working on it, um, you know, probably since late January, sort of, just kind of taking notes. You know, the transfer portal is just, you know, Got my head spinning. I can't keep up with it, to tell you the truth. At some point, just say, you know, the hell with it. You know, I kind of know. You know what an athlete from, like, let's, you know, what Auburn is going to be. You know, you know what an athlete from Alabama is going to be. So, at some point, you just have to kind of accept that and go with it because you're not going to get all the information out of these transfer guys. Chris, what, or out. what was, uh, can I ask you, what was the one team where you guys had a hard time putting a number on, or maybe you guys had a lot of different opinions uh, towards that team's rating? Uh, well, we had a couple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, Auburn's one of them. Uh, you know, Ohio State, that's another team that, um, you know, it's hard to kind of get a grip on them because I think they did lose a lot. But once again, we kind of know what Ohio mm-hmm. State's going to be. But they had a couple of games against uh, good opponents, obviously. Uh, you know, Indiana, I think, is a team. Uh, and when you look at that game, I think when, when Ohio State plays Indiana, that's going to be October 23rd. It's going to be a much bigger game for Indiana than it is for Ohio State. So try to get some of that psychology involved. But there's a couple teams. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was very high on Iowa State, and I had some opposition there. Um I wasn't very high on Notre Dame. I got some opposition there. Um, you know, there's, there's a bunch here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, we, we talked about a lot of different teams, a lot of different games. I would guess V since Tim Murray came in and fired on every Notre Dame line. Right. But the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> no? I didn't see Tim, okay. but uh, no, we, that was Notre Dame. Uh, well, listen, I don't have to tell you, they always garner a lot of interest. And uh, we had a lot of... Even though we didn't have a lot of moves, we had a lot of hundred and two hundred dollar bets on uh, on Notre Dame think, or against them. I think Tim clearly sent somebody in for him. That's right. So, yeah, I think yeah. He, he's got a runner. I thought there was a beard I saw out there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, really quick, what was one of the uh, the lines that we have up? I, mean, I know we're going to go through all the numbers, but what was one that uh, betters like Paul Stone hit quite a bit that they disagreed with you on? Well, I can't remember if it was Paul. Probably was, but uh, Alabama against Miami. Who I, I think Miami's going to be really good this year. I opened that thirteen. I'm at sixteen right now, and Paul, I'm sure got a piece or two of that. Um, and then they bet again. Well, there was only a one point move, but I had Miami thirteen over Virginia. They took that. But again, I think, you know, I think Miami's going to be really good this year. You know, now 
you know, I don't know if they could hang with Alabama, but still, that's a lot of wood. Even getting 13 week one, you know, Bama's going to have, I don't want to say their problems, but I mean, you know, Bama week one might not be as good as Bama week 10. Oh, there's no question. I was thinking the same thing about Ohio State because you lose Justin Fields, yeah. Alabama loses Mac Jones. So sure. those are top 10, essentially top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL draft mm-hmm. who are gone, guys who led teams to the college football playoffs. And even though the replacements are going to be really talented, it's still the first game of the season. Right. And, yeah. and BYU I had really downgraded too, losing a quarterback <laughs> right. you know, like Wilson. But you know, I, I had a lot of money show up on BYU. So maybe I downgraded him too much, but I don't think he's the kind of guy that you just plug in the next quarterback and he's going to be anywhere near the same. Right. Paul Stone said he thought you had Auburn a little overrated. Uh, Paul showed up with his money and, uh, <laughs> and and expressed his opinion. You gotta you gotta uh, acknowledge that and respect that. Did you have any games? And I'm going to ask you about LSU UCLA next. Yeah. But did you have any games where? The guys you consulted with, Vinny Maiulo or whoever, where you were off maybe five, six points. Oh. You guys had a difference of five, six points on a number because I talked to a couple guys, Paul Stone being one, and I thought the LSU-UCLA line should be seven and a half or eight. I know UCLA is going to be a little bit better, uh, but I was really surprised you opened that LSU minus two. Yeah. The game's at the Rose Bowl. That's on September 4th. You open LSU minus two. Did anybody else in your group estimate that line or um, put that line much higher? No, that was not one that we no. had much disagreement on. And we're at three and a half. So, right. I mean, we got bet, but, you know, we didn't get clobbered on the game. We had like two bets, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, yeah, we had a couple where, where uh, uh, there was quite some disparity there. So, uh, you know, that, that, but, you know, Matt, I, I've said this over the years. I don't want guys to sit there and just agree with me. That, right. What the hell good is that? I want them to come in and tell me where they think I'm wrong. Right. And, you know, some, sometimes I stick to my guns and oftentimes I don't. They don't take a single bet and they come in. They're like, you know, there's some sharp lines, Chris. I'm out of here. Uh, <laughs> so let, let me ask you this. You know, we've obviously had a really weird year, right, in terms of COVID. Yes, right. So how would you account for home field? Did you operate on the assumption that these are all going to be full crowds? How, what was that process like for you? I did not give the full home field advantage. Mm-hmm. Now, it kind of, again, depended on the situation. The one game I mentioned earlier was Ohio State going to Indiana. And I think I gave Indiana a pretty good home field advantage there because I think at that point in time, that game is going to be much more important to Indiana than it is to Ohio State. So I did give them a full uh, whatever I had. I, I can't because not everybody's just a blanket right. three. you know. But I went through and probably a good 90% of the time I did not give a full home field advantage. All right, so look at some of the uh, top games of the year in college football. Chris Andrews. Put numbers on today at the uh, South Point Sportsbook starting on September 4th. Georgia and Clemson, that game's in Atlanta. And uh, you opened that three and a half. I believe that was your uh, opening number, yeah. not where it moved, right? Yeah, that never moved. And we got, got a little play both ways, but never moved the number. Okay, also uh, Oregon at Ohio State the following week, September 11th. And uh, that number opened Ohio State 13. And I don't think we moved that that one either. Open Ohio State 13. Yeah, we did not move that one either. uh, So that that looks like a good number for now. Notre Dame at Wisconsin is a very interesting game. That's a neutral site in Chicago. And uh, you open Badgers minus four? Yeah, we're still at four. And that's a game um, 
We we talked about that game. I think both teams really travel well, and we know that here in Las Vegas. Whenever Wisconsin was playing here, those guys show up. And uh, I went to a Rose Bowl one time when Wisconsin was playing. Boy, they really show up. Mm-hmm. So uh, that game, I think, will be a, a terrific game, and I can't. That's going to be a lot of drama when we get to that one. I, I can't wait for that one. Notre Dame's another team. I, I've probably be challenged to put a really accurate rating on at this point because you're you're missing a senior quarterback in Ian right. Book who's um, who started basically the last 40 games for the Irish, yeah. right? I lowered them quite a bit. I think yeah. eight points from where I ended them at last year. And, um, you know, I think people tend to overrate Notre Dame, uh, certainly the public. I don't know about bookmakers, but the public certainly does. So I lowered them quite a bit. And I got some action on Notre Dame in a couple games. All right, how about Oklahoma and Texas? That's uh, October 9th, obviously in Dallas. Spencer Rattler back, a quarterback for the Sooners. And Steve Sarkissian takes over at Texas. How did you, uh, you come up with the rating for uh, Texas? And uh, do you know what the quarterback situation is going to be? Because actually I thought in the Alamo Bowl they, they showed they're going to have some talent at the quarterback position, that being the Longhorns. Yeah, well, once again, you have to just acknowledge the fact that, uh, that you know Texas gets a certain level of athlete. And whether Ellinger's there or not, you know, they're going to have somebody there that's going to be pretty good. I don't think I moved that number. We didn't have a lot of play on that, but uh, I was texting with uh, Chris the Bear Felica, and he says, you know, they're definitely going to bet you Texas in this game, which they haven't yet. And I joked with him. I says, yeah, and they're probably going to win because it seems like they cover a lot mm-hmm. of those numbers. But, you know, one of the other thing I, I kind of joke about certain things that I know I fall into patterns with is I overrate Oklahoma almost every year and probably did again this year. But I, once again, I, I think I have them, their number, my number two ranked team behind Alabama. I think they are going to be really good. All right, so what were the biggest moves you had? I know you got your sheet there. I saw there were a few games that moved, what, three points maybe? Is that about the biggest move you had? I think the biggest move, yeah, there's a couple that moved three. Like Alabama opened 13 or up to 16 over Miami in that September 4th matchup. Uh, Where's some of the other ones? Uh, You know, LSU over Auburn. LSU opened two. They're up to four, so that's a two-point move. Georgia... I opened four over Auburn. They're up to six, so another bet against Auburn. Two-point move. Uh, I think, you know. I, that's I, a pretty good job. I mean, that's not uh, not, not a lot of line movement, right. really. No, I, I, here's one. I think I probably – I liked Cincinnati a lot, and I think, yeah, even I, I still underrated them a little bit. Uh, I opened Cincinnati four over Central Florida, who's had a good program for a long time. Yeah. I opened four, and they're up to seven. You know, um, like I said, I really like Cincinnati, but I guess I didn't like them quite enough. Uh, here's another one: BYU. I talked about that earlier. Virginia goes to V goes to uh, BYU, which is kind of a, a you know Mendenhall yeah. left BYU and now he's at uh, or left Virginia or left BYU. He's now at Virginia. Anyway, I open at pick. I'm up to BYU three. So there's a three point move. Uh, bam, I opened 17. I'm up to 19 against the LSU. I probably moved that a little more quickly once you get into those, you know, somewhat dead numbers. And uh, that's about all the three-point moves. So, yeah, I got to tell you, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. We got a lot of play. You know, nothing I was off by seven or eight points on, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, it was a weird – it was weird coming off a COVID year. And, uh, you know, it, it was, it was kind of hard – very hard, I think, this year for me to make my ratings. Did you? Uh, I'm looking at the stipulations on the bottom of the sheet. Not responsible for date and site changes, right? Yeah. 
Well, if I, a game is played, you have action. Huh? Yeah, games played, you have action. <laughs> well, you know, again, I'm still I'm still afraid of COVID. You know, uh-huh. I don't know what's going to happen. And I said, uh, I've been saying since uh, the beginning of the year, I'm only going to use conference games for my season win totals because I'm reasonably sure they'll play conference games. Some of these other games outside the conference, I, I think some of these athletic directors, if they have a chance – you know, a reason to cancel a game, I think they wouldn't hesitate to do that. So I didn't want to enter that into the mix, so I'm going to just use conference games. From what I see, most uh, athletic directors and uh, the powers being college football are predicting full stadiums yep. in yeah. the fall. Right. Adam Silver right. today predicted full arenas for uh, the end of the last month of the NBA playoffs. We'll see. Hopefully that yeah, plays I'll out Keep my way. fingers crossed. Yeah. Hey, last two things I want to ask you about because Big Ten's always popular. Penn State at Ohio State, that's on uh, October 30th. Yeah. You open the Buckeyes as double-digit home favorites. You open 12, it appears. And Ohio State, 13 at Michigan on November 27th. So yeah. still no respect for the Wolverines. You know, uh, I, I talked about how I, I overrate Oklahoma every year. I used to overrate Michigan every year. I kind of got cured from that uh, last year, I think. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Probably now that I've not overrated them, they'll – going to the college football playoffs or something like that. That's just the way it goes. All right, so you put these up at 11 o'clock today. About yeah. How many guys did you have firing away out of here in the book? Oh, we had guys on the phones, too. Okay. I don't know, maybe, maybe 30, 40, something like that. You know? And like I said, not everybody's betting two dimes a game. We had a lot of guys, had a lot of guys betting me 100 bucks, mm-hmm. you know, which is great. That's a great customer. Aaron Renning, did you bet? Uh, no, I didn't uh-huh. even. I saw they were up. And uh, but no college football for me way too early. I got the NBA playoffs <laughs> to worry about right now. That's my concern. That's what we're going to talk about mostly in this uh, show today is the NBA. Chris, uh, were you in favor of the NBA play-in tournament? What was your handle like on the Warriors Lakers game the other night because it drew uh, pretty impressive TV ratings? Yeah, I mean it was great. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're asking me as a bookmaker, yeah, I think it was fantastic. Well, I mean, was that like an NBA Finals game? I would assume. I mean, <sighs> I don't know about a Finals. Yeah, it was probably pretty close. I, I mean, I you know, it. we had props up and all that. And listen, I I don't watch that much NBA mm-hmm. during the course of the season. But uh, that night, I told my wife from early in the morning, we're watching this mm-hmm. one, <laughs> and uh, yeah. and it was and it was a great game with a great finish and. Uh, you know, I started getting into, you know, at least watching it. Right. I mean, out here you have so many Laker fans, obviously, sure. but you have a lot of Warrior fans as well, so I would assume the two-way was pretty good on that. Yeah, and, and, and my wife grew up in Reno, and her dad was a big Bay Area fan of all those teams, so she always kind of grew up rooting for Golden State, so mm-hmm. I didn't have to twist her arm too much to watch that game. But, yeah, uh, she's that sharp. I'm going to guess your wife took the points with the Warriors and bet Curry over 36 and a half. <laughs> she bet she took the points with the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> then, like, naturally, early in the second, early in the first half, I should have bet the money line. I knew it. I said, honey, just, you know, let's, let's win the point spread and you'll be fine. <laughs> All right, college football games of the year up here at the South Point Sportsbook. Chris Andrews put them up today. A hundred or more games. Chris, thanks for stopping by. Going to let you run back to the office. I'm sure Jimmy Vaccaro's back there with a pencil making his WNBA lines for tonight. (laughs) He's been working on the power ratings all day. All right, thanks, Chris. Appreciate it, man. My pleasure. All right, we're going to talk more NBA when we come back with JVT and ER on My Guys in the Desert.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Welcome back into the OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com and download the free OddsTrader app right now so you can start winning with the up-to-the-second info you need. Now let's get back to my guys in the desert with Matt Humans, JVT, and Aaron Rinning. All right, let's uh, take one look back at the uh, NBA play-in tournament from last night in the East. The Wizards pummel the Pacers, and uh, JVT, the Pacers pummeled the Hornets to open the play-in, and uh, last night they get a hand to them by 27 points. At Washington, the Wizards closed three and a half. Flies over the total of two forty. Did uh, did you play it? Uh, no, I was actually I wanted to. I thought the three and a half was too rich for Washington, so I wanted to see if they would get off to a slow start and maybe attack it a little bit in game. And uh, sure enough, they were really solid last night. You know, the Pacers and ER can speak to this over the last 22, 23 games without Miles Turner been pretty bad defensively. A lot of these games have gone over the total. I think it's sixteen and seven. Uh, to the over in the last 23 games or so for Indiana. And you saw that yesterday. And how about this? Like in the last, this is a non-garbage time. So you have to include some of the, or excuse me, exclude some of the fourth quarter stuff. The three regular season games that these two played, Washington had 90 attempts at the rim and they shot 73%. Yesterday they go 81% within four feet. Like Indiana had no answer for them. Yeah, that was one of the highest paced games of the season oh. last night. 222 possessions, which you know, <laughs> when you consider it as a play in a kind of a game seven for a playoff, that's a that's a lot of possessions uh, that you would see. So so far, and if Golden State holds serve tonight, I mean. You know, we always talk about the play in this, but the right teams got in and actually it'd be, you know, the seeds that were one uh, through eight. But that's the way it played out as far as uh, I thought the play in was worth having is to give a a team like Washington a chance. Now, they did finish eighth in the in the standings, but if they would have finished ninth or tenth, I mean, let's be honest, I think we'd all rather see the Wizards in the playoff than the, the Hornets or the Pacers at this point. So, you know, the right team gets in. Who thought the Wizards would be a playoff team, JVT? How about that? I love these math models on the probability of uh, a team to make the playoffs or a team to win a game. Uh, the Washington Wizards actually, uh, after Super Bowl weekend, were 5-15. and 15. The Wizards had a 0.6% chance to make the playoffs on April 6th. All right, that's April 6th. Now the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. Uh, do you want to explain the math model? that gave the Wizards less than a 1% chance to make the playoffs on April 6th. Hey, man, the 0.6% is uh, what happened all right? over the, uh, over the following <laughs> yeah. games. It, it didn't say it was impossible. Just the 0.6% is the one that uh, that actually played out. You simulated a thousand times, six times the Washington. I don't know. I'm not good at math. <laughs> I don't know, but the the Wizards pulled off. And now what we're going to see in the, um, the West is uh, odd as well. A seven seed as a favorite over a two. And we haven't seen that in a long time, Aaron Renning, but it's uh, fitting that the Lakers are favorites over the Suns, right? I mean, that's uh, the way that series is going to be. But I saw, let's see, uh, a couple nights ago that Caesars William Hill opened the Lakers minus 300. And I talked to Jeff Sherman at the Westgate Superbook, and he said that was not a bettable number. I don't know if you know anybody who played that. Mm -mm. But Jeff said, I I think that might have been a number just thrown out for media purposes that night. Uh, the next morning, William Hill, I believe, had the Suns minus 130, and now it swings in favor of the Lakers. What do you make the series price, Lakers-Suns? It's it's a fascinating uh, number to make, and that's when I bet the no for the Lakers uh, to win the Western Conference. That was based on the premise, you know, the, mathematically, if you did it, um, how I bet it, I think I bet minus 235 that the Lakers would not win the Western Conference. Essentially, that number mathematically meant 
the Lakers were going to be minus $200 in each and every series. And I just said, you can't, you couldn't do that. And quite honestly, the Lakers get a, a great draw here. It's unbelievable how this has worked out because if you look at the Western Conference, to me, you have three teams that can legitimately win this, win, win the conference. You know, the, the Utah and the two LA teams, the Clippers and the Lakers. Certainly the, the Phoenix Suns have a puncher's chance, et cetera. But I've seen enough NBA in the playoffs. It's going to be one of those three teams that get in there. So how it plays out, if if you're the Lakers, if you're the Clippers, if you're Utah, you only want to play one of those other two teams once okay. to get to win the Western Conference. So how is it that the Lakers get the seventh seed and they would only have to play Utah or the Clippers, just one of those teams where uh, the Clippers and the Jazz have to play both of those teams to win the West. So that's how you have to look at the futures to me when you're betting the Western Conference. Uh, the Lakers had a great draw uh, to get in and win the NBA championship last year, playing a wounded uh, Miami team in the NBA Finals. Of course, they didn't have to play the Clippers and have to play the Bucks, etc. last year. And here we go again. Uh, where the Lakers kind of back into the playoffs and then get a great draw here. So uh, I guess then good to go back. I made this series about uh, minus 180. We saw it uh, the other night, Matt, uh, how well the Lakers, I mean, just kind of bullied themselves to a win like they did all last year. All right, that's Aaron Renning. JBT is going to give his take on the uh, Lakers Sun Series. And his favorite manager, Tony LaRussa, invades New York. That's next. Tonight, we have a special after-the-cut edition of the Long Shots podcast. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds review the odds heading into the weekend of the PGA Championship and tell you who they like and who you should fade after the cut has been made. Check it out tonight at vcin.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's get back to My Guys in the Desert with Matt Humans, JVT, and Aaron Renning. Wes is going to be down in the dumps on that podcast. Two of his favorite players, Sergio and Fat Pat, are not going to make the cut, it appears. Uh, JVT, let's talk NBA. Aaron Renning here as well. He gave his take on the Lakers and the Suns. And uh, that series starts, I believe, Sunday. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sunday afternoon. And uh, the Suns, two-and-a-half-point home favorites in game one, but underdogs in the series. Yeah, I, you know, look, I, I like the Lakers in this series overall. And one of the things that I wrote about this week, and I'd be curious to get Aaron's thoughts on this, uh, about the Phoenix Suns humans, is that over the second half of the season, you know, one of the things that I've been really wrong about Phoenix, especially in the first half, was how good they were going to be defensively. I thought they were going to be average to below average. And they were bad transition defense, 30th in the league all season long, one of the worst ones. But they were very good in the first half defensively across the board. Second half, that's really regressed. 21st in defensive efficiency. Rim shooting has been very bad defensively. The three-point shooting is up with them and I wonder how realistic this regression is defensively because the areas in which they have really struggled the Lakers can get them transition at the rim those are spots in which the Lakers I think can really beat them up so I think given what I thought before the season what I've seen over the last 36 37 games you know, I do think the Lakers are very live here like a buck 40 in a series price is where I would be looking you know it, it's tricky because 
you know, the Suns certainly probably haven't been all out the last month or two. The one thing, a couple things I'll say about that. Uh, when I've watched the Suns, it seems like when they've played some of the weaker competition, that's when they've just chosen to kind of run with those teams, be a high-scoring team. When they've played the better teams, it seems like they've been a little bit more defensive-minded, uh, a little bit more of a half-court game for them. So I, I'll see how it plays out. But when I handicap the Lakers, it's pretty simple. And we saw this basically, you know, it's a, such a three-point shooting league, et cetera. But the Lakers are kind of the opposite of that, where it's just bully ball. And you have to be able to protect the rim against the Lakers. And if you can't, you're probably going to lose a series. That's essentially how they won the NBA playoff or they won the NBA championship last year. If you looked at points at the rim, the Lakers just dominated that stat against every opposition. Phoenix, to me, is a team that doesn't have a lot of rim resistance. We saw that in the last time uh, the Lakers played uh, the Suns. I thought that's where I kind of thought where the Lakers would have a very hard matchup with the Utah Jazz. That was a team that was going to match up, I thought, extremely well with them. They might not even have to play the Jazz to get uh, to the NBA Finals. So that's the key. I don't think Phoenix can stop that. If you can't stop that, you're probably not going to beat the Lakers in seven games. ER, you bet no on the Lakers to win the Western Conference. Um, how do you feel about that bet as compared to when you made it, seeing the draw the Lakers not get in the West? Yeah, I, I don't I don't feel that great about it, Matt. Yeah. Um, I mean, think about this. Five weeks ago, uh, when you looked at the Lakers and – you know, they were in the five seed. It looked like they had to go to play Denver against Jamal Murray. It looked like then they would have to play the winner of Phoenix and the Clippers, and then they'd have to go on the road and, and face the Jazz. That was just to win the West. I thought, well, that's going to be rather impossible, certainly at that price, for them mm -hmm. to get through, and I thought that was great value. Now, you're right, Matt. It's crazy how this has worked out. They get in the playoff tournament. Uh, you know, and, and how huge I think that game is as far as futures. If they don't win that game, they get the eight seed. It's totally different. Can you imagine all three of those teams on the other side of the bracket where you have Utah, the Lakers, and the Clippers all on one side? Uh, so, yeah, I don't feel that great about it, but I have chances to – kind of go back and bet out of that. Like, I can bet the Lakers in the series here. I can still win Lakers no and win a series bet here on the Lakers, Matt. And I'll, I'll point out, too, really quickly when it comes to Lakers, because we're watching this replay right now in studio of this play-in game. The big thing for them, I thought, in that game, guys, was in the second half, they finally decided to play Anthony Davis at the five. And, uh. like, th those lineups, though, are, are you know, humans and I, you were te we were texting about it, and we just saw the clip right now. It's a pick and roll with him and LeBron, and yeah. it's just an alley-oop dunk with no resistance whatsoever. Those, those lineups are so deadly. Like, mm -hmm. statistically, we can go through all the numbers. And if they're finally going to buy into that and keep Andre Drummond and Marcus Saul and Montrezl Harrell off the floor for key minutes, it's a massive matchup for them in any against any team, including a team like ER mentioned in the Suns that doesn't really have a lot of rim protection. You know, that was a big thing. I mean, the Lakers did not play that well the other right. night. They still win the game. They still win by three. That's the way the Lakers generally play. And you're right. You know, the whole addition of Drummond, that's why nobody really wanted him because he just doesn't fit into the modern NBA game. When they start that, mm -hmm. LeBron James, uh, Anthony Davis, and Drummond, I mean, there's just no room for anybody to operate. All right, let's take a look at uh, two of the best baseball games tonight. We'll get back to the NBA on the other side. Uh, Tony La Russa, JVT's happy to see him at the top of the sport. 76 years old, uh, cutting edge. Tony La Russa's got the White Sox at the top of the division. They go to the Bronx tonight. No idea. Carlos Rodon starts against Jordan Montgomery. It's essentially a pick 'em game, total of uh, eight or eight and a half. Um, you don't get the Yankees at this cheap a price at home. Uh, too often. I, I lean to Jordan Montgomery here, but uh, 
JVT, the, Tony LaRusso has got to be worth. Uh, it's got to be worth something to the line, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> of course. Uh, look, I mean, we could talk about that. But uh, I, th- I think there's actually a real argument that Larusa, a lot of the times this year, has kind of hurt his team with his bullpen management is what he's done. They're almost winning in spite of him in certain times in terms of the way he's handled this bullpen mm-hmm. in certain situations. But I would agree, like, in general, like, the power rating on the White Sox seems to definitely risen over the last, like, two or three weeks. This team seems to be one of the better ones at baseball at this point right now. So I'm with you, humans. Like, the Yankees, they have turned things around ever so slightly over the last two or three weeks, especially since you and I have been on Follow the Money. Uh, when you look at a price like this, I would think that there is value in New York just because the White Sox power rating seems to be near its peak, if not there. Yankees are 20-9 and nine since they started the season 5-10. and 10. The thing, I like Jordan Montgomery, but he's been really erratic, inconsistent this season. I'm not sure what you're going to get from him in the start tonight. By lean Yankees, ER, did you bet any baseball tonight? I did. I actually bet this game. I got a bet on the White Sox yeah. uh, in this game. And it's really a bet on Rodon. And to, to uh, your guys' point, uh, I thought the, the best way to play this was the White Sox in the five-inning line because you're going to take – you're going to include, obviously, the starting pitching uh, more than that. And you take uh, the bullpen, Tony La Russa, somewhat out of the game. So I think that's a, actually a good way to bet the White Sox uh, mm-hmm. moving forward forward but uh and again it's really betting on Rodon here for the White Sox uh, because right now you're seeing this transformation from him somewhat like uh, what Giolito was two or three years ago I wrote him for the first two months of the season uh back then and you know Rodon playing you know pitching for a contract big money here he's added two three miles per hour kind of transformed his wind up it's just a, uh, again a totally different pitcher than we've ever seen uh, I think he can go in and kind of control this game against the Yankees early, uh, give them a chance to win. Also tonight, Dodgers and Giants in San Francisco. First time this season these teams have faced off. Giants um, at the top of the – actually, uh, Giants at the top of the division. Dodgers chasing, but the Dodgers just won 8 of 9 on their homestand. That's Trevor Bauer against Alex Wood. And the Dodgers minus 125, total of 7. Tonight, good pitching matchup in the uh, National League West. We'll take a quick break. We come back, talk more NBA after the break. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. 
someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com. And remember, you can download the free OddsTrader app right now and start winning with the up-to-the-second info you need. Now let's get back to My Guys in the Desert with Matt Humans, JVT, and Aaron Renning. All right, start betting the association with Aaron Renning and JVT. And uh, we're going to start with the Saturday games in those series before we talk about tonight's uh, play-in tournament game again. Heat at Bucks and the uh, Miami Heat, obviously, in uh, last year's finals. Came up short. Jimmy Butler is going to be focused for this game. You know, this is a tough road the Heat's got to take here. Catching four and a half in Milwaukee in game one. Total 227. Uh, JVT, I'll start with you on uh, this series with uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. About $3 favorites, minus 300. Take back of Miami, plus 240. Uh, how, how much of a shot do you give the Heat to pull the upset? Yeah, the, the Heat are the antithesis of what ER is talking about, right? You don't want to play any of the best teams or at least one of the uh, best teams in your conference. They would have to play all three, essentially, yeah. if they want to make it through here. Uh, so, I, you know, it's funny. I wrote about this, and the series previews are going to be up uh, later today. 
I just feel like when I look at this matchup, when I look at what the Heat wore throughout the entire year, I think there's a perception that this matchup, because it's the same two teams, it's going to be a very similar result. But this Heat team this year was really inconsistent, especially on the offensive end of the floor. You know, throughout the year, they were one of the worst offensive teams. And over these last 15 games, they've really started to pick it up. But again, we always talk about sample sizes. How real is a 15, 16 game sample size where they're averaging 119 points at 100 possessions and shooting 39% from the floor, or excuse me, from three. And that kind of turns me off here a little bit for what they do on that end. They could probably throw out the same game plan defensively, right? Build that wall that we always talk about in terms of guarding Giannis. But I think the perception here is this is a similar Miami team as a season ago, and it's not. And the biggest difference is three-point shooting. That team a year ago, ER, was second in three-point shooting overall. They were 39% as a team on the season. And this year, they're a middle-of-the-pack team. And I just don't know if I really believe in the short sample size that I've seen from them to end the year that this is going to be the same result as a season ago. I mean, that's that's a lot to it. And, and keep in mind, I, for me, um, and, you know, I think we all had had Miami. That was a key matchup. Right. But last year in this series, you could have got five to one. Now you're getting half of that, if half of that. And you have to deal with some sort of home court um, edge, which you did not have. And you have Drew Holiday in the fold, which you did not have last year. To me, that's uh, – and, and – how you, you mentioned it, and I think both these teams are questionable. We don't really know uh, what is this be- best Bucks team, what is this best Miami team. There's a lot of questions that will be answered this weekend and into next week um, with, with so many of these teams because the regular season was a lot of rest. Um, you just didn't see uh, what these teams were capable. So I think that's it. Miami's three-point shooting was very good last year. I think they shot 38% in the series this year, uh, last year. They finished second in the NBA in three-point shooting this year, 19th. Last year uh, in this series, the Bucks shot 32.7% from three-point land. Some of that was Eric Bledsoe, 3 of 14. He shot you know, in the 20%. Right. Now you add Drew Holiday, so he's going to help offensively and defensively. And you know, Dragic was so good in this series last year. Obviously, Butler was as well. And to me, this is why you went out and got a guy like Holiday. To me, he's very much a difference maker. He's going to be able to guard Butler some. He's going to be able to guard uh, Dragic. And that's another thing for Miami. It just doesn't seem like Dragic, a, a hero. A lot of these guys are just not at the level uh, that they played at last year. Mm-hmm. So I still would lean as far as being any kind of value uh, towards Miami, but uh, certainly not, again, the value that we saw last year. He'd have the toughest road of any team in the playoffs, right? Potentially probably not even going to get past the first round. Tyler Hero has uh, not played to the level anywhere near the level he did last year. No, and, and look, his last six games, he was a lot better. I think he shot in the range of like 43% uh, from three over the well, last they, six they games. They switched so. it up. You know, yeah. they, they had brought him off the bench, and they had him play kind of point guard, so he was essentially running the offense. Now they changed it back where he yeah, just has him shooting the ball, concentrate on his three-point shooting, uh, which, you know, a good adjustment. And, and again, you know, they're trying different things. Miami's very well coached. So again, and, and the Bucks have tried different things. They didn't have, um, weren't really focused, concentrate on the, on the regular season. So it's, it's fascinating. It'd be a good series. It, it, no, I can't wait to watch this, but I'll say this like twofold thing, right? One with Milwaukee, the one thing that has bothered me, you is like big picture, right? Why I don't think they'll win this Eastern conference is like, I just don't know, even if you're trying things, if you can win a title finishing 29th and opponent three point shooting, like that's right. just, that's not going to happen in today's NBA. And the other part of this is if you do believe that Miami's little short game sample size here near the end is legitimate, I think you also then have to look at what they've done defensively because they were not good defensively mm-hmm. over the last 16 
17 games. And, you know, part of that might be focusing on offense and not exerting as much energy defensively. But I feel like if you're going to take this offensive surge as something legitimate, then you also have to look at their 30th ranked rim defense in the second half and how bad it's been as legitimate as well. A lot of times I don't like to bet game one. I like to, I think you can find better angles situations later in a series. Did either of you guys play Heat Bucks game one? No, I haven't played it. I didn't play it. You, you, grew, you bring up a great point, Matt, because, you know, we have the NBA. and You don't have to bet these series. You can bet adjusted series prices. You don't have to bet before the game because you have in-game now, uh, which is a big thing in the NBA. Matt, I know you always talk about it. A lot of times, whoever you're betting, you can get a better line at some point mm-hmm. uh, during the game. We saw Washington and Boston the other night. Washington took, what, an eight-point second half, or I'm sorry, first half lead or six-point lead at some point. You kind of figured that that would maybe happen in that game and you're able to grab but it didn't matter in the end uh but certainly it does uh in some of these games all right romeo langford and the boston Celtics (laughs) go to brooklyn to uh take on the nets uh does the Celtics just have too much firepower here jvt no that's uh, especially if langford's on the floor obviously the opposite is probably going to be true here brooklyn eight point favorite 228 and a half the total Celtics Without Jalen Brown, had no problem in the play-in. Obviously, uh, Jason Tatum's not going to drop 50 every night to save you. But how do you look at the Celtics Nets series in Game One? Uh, so I, I kind of uh, I am a little like scared of how I feel about this series. I, I just I don't know how this is no more than a five game series between these two, right? Like if you look at what Boston has done, and I'm talking about in favor of Boston, of course. Uh, no, but if you look at Boston in the regular season matchups, right? In any of the three regular season matchups, the Nets were not complete. It was either KD and Kyrie, it was either Kyrie and Harden, or Kyrie by himself. They lost all of those games. They had a poor defensive rating. They have nobody who can physically match up with Kevin Durant. If they're going to throw somebody on. Him, he's either going to give up size or he's going to give up speed. Like across the board, this just seems like a really tough matchup for Boston. And we could talk about the Nets defensively, but very quietly, you know, I wrote about this today, humans. If you look at Boston, or excuse me, Brooklyn, when they have their big three on the floor, mm-hmm. they actually have a better defensive rating than what Boston finished with this season. And so, like, there's a lot of things that I think that work in the Nets' favor. It was a really lopsided regular season series until, you know, you count the game where Kyrie was by himself. I just don't know how. Boston extends this past five games at the very most, unless Tatum has like a 50-point game that keeps him in one and steals one for him. I mean, uh, for me, the Celtics will be the bottom-rated team, the worst-rated teams for me in the NBA playoffs. Washington has actually kind of passed them up. You saw them take some money. He had to account for home court and give him credit for winning that game. But beating, you know, a, a Washington team that was all out to get the eight seed a lot different uh, than playing this Nets team. So um, Boston without Jalen Brown, certainly up against it here. I, but, you know, the Celtics just haven't played very good defense all season long. Transition defense has been an issue. Zero size, zero depth. Like you guys put it well, when you're playing Langford key minutes in the right. NBA playoffs, you have a lot of issues. And that is... Uh, some big issues here. And then, you know, this is going to be a totally different Nets team that we've seen it really at any point. I mean, the big three have played eight games, 200 combined minutes. Yep. Uh, and you have to remember, I, you know, these they're going to be ramped up here. Kyrie for 40 minutes, Durant for up to 36 minutes. Harden can play 36 minutes now. So this is just uh, totally a uh, mismatch here. I bet the Nets, I laid seven and a half with the Nets. My biggest bet here uh, over the total, you think about, how efficient this Nets offense could be because, you know, you get in the playoffs, you always look to see who the other team is going to be able to hunt defensively. So, you know, you can hunt here, Kemba Walker, but now Fournier, et cetera, taking Jalen Brown off the court just really hurts Boston that much more. 
All right, let's wrap up the hour. We're talking about the play-in game tonight. Grizzlies and uh, Golden State. Warriors five-point favorites at uh, most spots. You'll see a four-and-a-half out there somewhere. 222 is the total, and this total's come down a few points. Aaron Renning, are you responsible for that? Uh, no, I did not. Uh-huh. Um, I actually made this total a little bit higher. Okay. Um, the situation probably takes me out uh, from playing that, but if anything, I would lean over the total. I would lean to the underdog at this point as well. I think I made it three-and-a-half. Uh, the, the home court has really held up. The home court has won all of these games so far this week. I think that's why some of the reason you're getting uh, some play here. But I am a little bit worried about the spot. I think, uh, you know, Golden State obviously takes care of business against Memphis on Sunday. Um, just not easy to get motivated for that off of, you know, what a, to me was very um, a tough loss for them the other night against the Lakers. JVT, your take on uh, Grizzlies Golden State? Yeah, I would agree with that. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping the spot angle is correct in terms of what ER is talking about because he can come in and get a cheaper price in game on Golden State. You know, I, I think eventually they would win this game, mm-hmm. uh, but five is a little too rich for my blood. I, I like to get in and maybe go like uh, the Lakers game. You know, I, I got him as low as one and a half in that in game against Golden State. And you're hoping for something mm-hmm. like that in another situation here. All right, what's up with the Hardwood Handicappers podcast? And uh, quickly uh, sum up any plays you've got in terms of series bets. Uh, so Hardwood Handicappers, three episodes this week. The third is going to drop for, for tomorrow. Full-on series preview, every single one of them. Uh, ER was on the early uh, podcast episode along with all of our contributors like you. We also had one with Chad Andrus look at the uh, Portland and Denver series that came out yesterday. And as far as series prices go, at least that I have bet, I do have Atlanta minus 120 in the series against New York. And uh, Circa had Denver at plus 112 in the series against Portland. So I felt like that was worth a little bit of a play, too. ER, how many series plays have you made, if any? <sighs> Not much. Yeah. Uh, I thought these prices were pretty much right on. Um, a little bit too much, if you will, like Portland against Denver. We'll talk about that in the second hour. I did uh, I did lay a little bit here with the Lakers, minus 140, 145. I thought that was pretty cheap. All right. Uh, thanks to Chris Andrews, South Point Sportsbook Director, for stopping by to uh, kick off this hour. If you missed it, Chris put up college football game of the year lines here at the book today. Over 100 games. And uh, we've had some sharp betters out here today firing at the numbers. One of those guys is Paul Stone, who's going to be in studio with us. Hour number two, Paul Stone flew in from Texas just to fire at Chris Andrews' college football openers. All right, we'll be back. Hour number two, more on the NBA with Aaron Renning and JBT. My guys in the desert on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.